The following message is brought to you by Balsamic. Balsamic decided to support the software social community by donating their sponsored airtime to some of our listeners. This episode is sponsored by Bellasina. Are you making the best use of time in your meetings? Do you ever feel like your meetings are Groundhog Day where you talk about the same things week after week? Bellasina helps you get a handle on your meetings to make the best use of your time. With Bellasina, meetings are a process. Bellasina makes it easy and visual to plan and collaborate on agendas, whether ahead of time or in real time. Make sure you're having the right conversations. To track and share meeting notes and follow-ups so you can have one version of what happened in the meeting and give you peace of mind on who owns which follow-ups. Check it out at meetbellasina.com. Thanks again to Balsamic for generously supporting our listeners this way. If you'd like to receive a promo code for Balsamic, visit balsamic.com slash go slash software dash social. Hey everyone. So we're going to do something a little bit different this week. Colleen is moving. And so we decided that was an opportunity to bring on one of our listeners to workshop their business challenges this week and hear all about what they're working on. So um, I am so excited um, to have a guest with us today. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yes. Um, hello, everyone. Um, I'm Ross Beth. Um, I'm from the Philippines. So um, I'm really, really excited to be here, and it's uh, an honor to be on your podcast. I'm so excited to have you. So can you tell us a little bit about what you're working on? Okay, so um, actually it's been um, just uh, several weeks that I've started. So I've had this idea or uh, maybe a little bit of a background. Um, I've always wanted to bootstrap a business and um, I've like signed up for blogs, you know, the money-making blogs and I stumbled across um, uh, selling, um, selling printables like di digital designs on Etsy. And so I ventured in that. And um, being a non-graphics uh, designer, like art is not my main thing. So um, I can come up with designs, but it really it takes me a while to even select fonts. So it's uh, one of my pain points. And I, and I figured, um, you know, this could be improved or my um, process could be more efficient um, so I've researched like font viewer tools. I, I guess some of you have, um, seen like the, the famous ones, uh, web apps, but I feel like, um, there's something more that could be done. So, um, I, I've used those tools actually. Um, so I select the fonts that I like, but then when I go back to my design, I still think that, um, I need to do or I, I need to select a few more. So it, I keep going back and forth. And, and that's, that's when I thought of this idea. Like I could do a font viewer, but it would be more. So it would be, um, you could uh, preview the fonts, but it would be against your background. So you would have your, your background or your design and you have the selected fonts already, like five or 10 of these, and you could see it in one place. So and then in like in an instant or just for a few seconds you can already see how the font like um would look with your design and then you can select from there so all the tools i've so, seen 
of it's only been like plain text. Gotcha. So so just to recap, so you um, you had an Etsy store where you were selling printables, mm-hmm. um, like custom printables. Um, mm-hmm. like, I think we we're, we were talking about this earlier, and um, I, I bought some Christmas ornaments, for example, for family members who had lost pets last year. And I was able to customize them with the text on it, but I wasn't able to see what it looked like. And so basically your idea is that if Etsy store owners can have a tool on their shop to show customers or themselves just what one of those custom pieces would look like before they purchase it, that maybe people would buy more from their shops or it would simply be easier for Etsy store owners to um, make proofs for their customers. Is that right? Exactly. So so my plan is uh, the basic one would be it would be uh, for the sellers, for the sellers themselves, the ones who do the design, it would help in their process with the designing. And then that would be the added feature when you can share that design or um, share your customized designs with your um, your customers, your clients, so you, they could see that so they could see it themselves. I actually um, like came across several sellers who had experiences where um, their customers wanted a refund because they did not like how it turned out. And um, oh. yeah, so it, 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 that's one, one like problem they, that can be solved. And I've, I've, I've tried to research. They, um, some stores created their own websites just to put the, 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 their designs and with the fonts that they like, that they were offering. So they, they created their own. And I thought like, why not, um, um, you know, um, offer this as a service? Um, I've seen services like you do the designs on their platform and um, you can share the, the links, but this, what I'm thinking of would be different. It would be your designs. You could create them from anywhere. And then um, you just um, display the fonts that you offer. So yeah, yeah. that makes sense. I guess we should probably back up a little bit and talk about your your background a little bit. So you're a developer, right? Yes. Yes, I am. So, so um, how did, yeah, how did all this come about? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, uh, I've been in the software industry for like uh, 14 years, something. Um, I recently um, resigned from my corporate job about two years ago um, after I had my third son. So it's, it's been a goal that we had as a couple that we would, uh, we, like we would stay at home, take care of the kids, but then pursue also a business. So um, I've just been stuck with finding that idea, that $1 million idea to start to work on. And um, it was only like very recently that I learned about indie hacking and bootstrapping. And um, so the, the, the blogs that I signed up for, those were just like the ways that I wanted to get ideas, how to, how to start my own business. And, um, and that's, um, I, I've never heard of it Etsy before. And like, you could sell printables as a passive income. You create it once and then you can sell it forever. So I was like amazed with the idea. 
and but when I um like I I I um also uh, stumbled across tech Twitter and how like people left and right were creating businesses like simple projects and they were making money, so that really really amazed me. It sounds like that was really a like a light bulb moment for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I don't know. Um, growing up, I've always wanted to start a business, but you know, you compare it with like tech giants, like like the big companies, uh, being famous all around, having this um, great ideas impacting the world. But I never really, you know, or maybe I did not come across it in my like experiences or with my colleagues about just you know starting a business, starting a bootstrap business that you can do it on your own. How long ago was it that you sort of discovered the idea of bootstrapping? I think it was like late last year, probably October, November, just very recently. Awesome. Yeah. And so you are, uh, you're hitting the ground running. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to, I want to dive in a bit more on this idea for this sort of, I get, I get what, what do you call it? The, the printables preview tool what is your name for it <laughs> actually like i i already have a domain like i bought it in december i mean buying domains is like the first <laughs> thing like before, before we've talked to any customer <laughs> written anything like done any sort of research on it it's like hold on let me buy a domain first and then <laughs> and then we all have like we, we all have a closet full of domains <laughs> right so so i don't have a, a specific name for it I, I know it's a font viewer, but it it's more more than a font viewer. Um, I actually also plan to um, to include like a font storage on the cloud, so they upload their fonts and uh, they could organize it um, as part of their account. Oh, so someone could use this site to run their business like repeatedly, like that that kind of like sort of keeps that that, that sounds like that would be sort of a sticky feature that would make them come back to using this tool, but also sort of creates, um, you know, the, the need for this to be an ongoing subscription if they are, you're, you're basically hosting something for them. And then whenever they get new clients who want to preview what they've ordered, they go back to the same tool and all of their fonts and maybe images or whatever are already like preloaded for them, basically. Does that sound Correct. right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. And so it sounds like you've, you've talked to a couple of people about this or, or you, you came across Etsy sellers who were um, a- encountering this problem. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Actually, it's more, more of a positive, positive research. I've just been um, stalking Facebook groups, um, learning about their problems. And I, I looked at their stores, how they were managing it. So I saw, I saw them like um, hire people to create the, the website specific for that, to showcase their customized designs. But uh, oh. I, yeah, yeah, they, they actually hired someone. Cause like they, they went and hired a freelancer to build them a website. Right. for what you want to make as a service. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. Because uh, um, most um, sellers, like, especially during the pandemic, um, 
there were really new ones who went into crafting and um and they're they're not i mean um they they're excited with the idea but they're not familiar with the, all the techno technologies yet so 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 oh, so it's so interesting yep yeah like it sounds like you're you're taking the approach that um like um you know, Amy Hoy and Alex Holman propose of the, the sales safari, mm -hmm. uh, where you're going, looking at places online. Arvid Call is also um, a champion of this approach, specifically with Facebook groups. Um, it, it sounds like you've been doing a lot of research to try to figure out what their what their process is, and also experienced it yourself too. Yeah, exactly. Um, actually, uh, I will be using this. Um, um, I mean, for my business as well, but. Uh, I really think that the, the, that this niche is very underserved in terms of in, in terms of this aspect. Um, there are like tools for Etsy sellers for like research and SEO, but I haven't seen a lot um, like on design specific and uncustomized things. So um, last week I actually posted on Reddit also. Like I was telling them about my problem, how I, it took me, like it takes me so much time selecting a font. Like, does anyone, uh, could anyone relate to this problem? And I, I had very good engagement there. So yeah, yeah, and it, was, it was fun. Like many people were, were could relate. Like, um, and they, they also do the tools themselves. I, I didn't um, propose my idea yet. I was just get, getting feel of, of what they were trying to achieve, how they solved it. So, so did you come across other people who are also paying to solve it? Whether that's like having a, a freelancer build it or or something else, um, or with just simply with their time. No, uh, I um, I only found a few for uh, of that, but I haven't like reached out to them directly yet. I just uh, like saw them po post on message groups. Are you planning to reach out to them? Yes. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yep. As soon as I have this up and running, or or maybe I don't know. <laughs> Do it before. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that'll help you figure out like how to price it. Um, and I think it would be it would be really interesting if you can kind of quantify either like how much time people are spending on this. Like it sounds like it is fairly time consuming. And so being able to speak to, you know, save hours of, you know, managing and, and selecting fonts or someone paid a freelancer for this and they spent a couple hundred or a thousand dollars for that website, right? Like that's a really, really interesting signal. Um, and, and it could kind of help you figure out like, okay, what are, what are the features I have to launch with versus what can come after? That's a really good suggestion. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll look that up again. Um, the ones I get encountered, I'll, I'll reach out to them. So from this uh, Reddit thread, it sounds like that like went well and like other people were saying that they had this problem. I'm curious, like, was there anything that came up in there that surprised you? Um, not really. Um, I think what I got there was like, people were just like satisfied like like they were just they acknowledged the problem but um they 
they were not looking for ways on to improve it, but they acknowledged that it was really a pain. Like it, it was taking mm. some time. So they, so basically, they it has not occurred to them that there could be a way to solve this another way, except for their time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of it's interesting thinking about this market because I wonder if in this context, Etsy sellers are more like B two B or B two C. Which like like do they behave more like consumers or more like businesses? And like how could we find the Etsy sellers that are or you know behave more like a business? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I haven't really thought of that yet. Um, I see them more as um, like B two B. I know yeah. several are willing to to um, to subscribe to tools that would help their stores like um, okay like there's um, SEO tools ranking tools there's some um, there's a website so you can purchase fonts which is a monthly subscription fonts and graphics oh okay yeah and and they and they and they spend like they spend money for those okay okay so that, that's a good sign yep so so you said like in the last couple of weeks, you're kind of getting closer to launching it. And of course you, you got the domain first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so talk to me a little bit about like, you know, the, the, the process of, of building it and uh, trying to get towards something that you can launch. Okay. So, um, so I'm a developer, but I've always been um, like with um, Java or Android. So that that was my previous job, um, mo- mobile applications, and uh, the the tool I'm creating is a web web based, and um, I haven't had um, much experience of that, but I've always wanted to learn about it. So uh, I've I've done some courses. Um, I'm using React and um, a bunch of other tools, and so far uh, I've been loving it, but um, that is one of the challenges I have right now. So web is like basically new to me. I mean, um, I, I know programming, I know development, but web is an entirely different like platform. So I, I'm still getting the ropes, but I think um, I plan to just uh, provide an MVP, like the, the simplest, um, product I can launch because I wa- really want to validate um, if, if people will use this and uh, if they are willing to pay for it. So I've, I ha- I have, uh, I've started with the framework already. Uh, I have the app running, but um, I still have some problems with the font management. So I'm working on that, uh, that, that part. But um, I think, I'll, I hope, I hope to be ready in a few weeks. So yeah. It, yeah, it's challenging. So you're, you're not only building a business and trying to figure out whether people will pay for that and what that product should have in it. Um, and then also learning a, you know, a new set of tools to build that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so I've thought, I mean, um, I've read that you should be able, I mean, you should start somewhere where you're familiar with. But um, 
I felt like um, the, the the mobile approach is is not a good fit for for this idea. So um, although I, I I plan, I have other ideas. I have other projects that are mobile based, and um, but yeah, I really just I guess wanted a challenge. <laughs> you are familiar with the Etsy seller side of it, though, and. You know, I think the the valuable thing that also brings here not only um, some customer understanding and ways of finding those potential customers, but is also that you you probably have some familiarity with running the business side of it too, just in terms of the sort of operational things about you know accounting and and the, you know those more things that that can also be sort of an unexpected challenge and and new skill for people to learn. Yes. Um um it, this would be hard for me if i didn't know about an like running an etsy shop or or the the ins and outs of having a printable business so um having that shop really gave me that insight as well as being involved in the groups like uh, knowing their their behavior how how um like what are the the issues that they have and that I've experienced as well in my own shop. So, so that's why um, this idea I, um, is something that I'm, like, I'm really close to. I actually did Arvid Carl's um, finding an audience for your side business. He had like the step-by-step -step guide how to um, select your niche and um, identify your projects or ideas for that and and this came up came out on top so so that was what like like a sign to me that um i i should push with this oh so you had other ideas that you were working through and trying to figure out which of them you should pursue and then arvid's guide helped you do that can you say like like what are more about that yeah um I can't, sorry, I can't remember all the steps, but uh, he had five steps um, and um, it's on his blog in the Bootstrap Founder. Um, so you, you identify the, the different niches and, and then you, you, give, you give a score, like which ones are willing to pay, which ones have um, like, so, um, problems that are solvable and which ones that you would be like um be able to provide value more um i think there there were five but but like those steps um and rating and having the score and then you rank them and the overall score you get the the top and then you 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 select the, the idea that comes out on the top that makes sense. I'd be, I, to something you were saying earlier, I would be so interested if you could get this in front of someone from those Facebook groups, like maybe the, you know, the people who are already uh, paying for things for their business. Like if there's some way that you could either like screen share with them or just get them on a quick call and do some of that validation work while you are um, also working through building it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe I can do that. Um, 
and and get their insights beforehand, even before the yes. second. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll add that to my list. And you know, asking people like how much they would pay for something is always challenging um, because I think when we're you know, there's always this sort of this, this feeling that's like, it's a kind of a social situation. And then you say, oh, would you, you know, pay, you know, whatever for this. And um, people may not want to disappoint us by saying no. Um, but I find if you ask like, you know, what are they currently paying for this? Like that person who hired someone to build them a website for their portfolio of different options or, um, they're, you know, they're paying in terms of their time and their time has value. And especially when they're, um, you know, crafters and they may only be able to work on one item at a time. Um, it like, like that, that their time has a, has a real cost to them. And so seeing if you can somehow quantify that and seeing, okay, well, if, what, what are they charging for the item? And then if you can save them a half an hour per item, you know, what is that worth to them in terms of other sales they can make? And like coming up with your pricing that way. Yeah, yeah. And those are really good points. Um, I haven't even thought about my pricing yet. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll take note of those. Pricing is a complicated and tricky topic. Like I think it's, it's I think of it as one of the hardest parts. Um, of having a business and trying to figure out, okay, you know, there's, you know, you can go the approach of, well, this is what it costs us. And then let's put a markup on that. But it's really, it's like, okay, well, what is the value someone is getting out of that? And then, and how do we use that to inform what the, what the price is? Yeah. But I think trying to see how much, how much time they're spending or if they're hiring other people to do this right now could be a starting place to give you some ideas. Okay, yeah. What else are you still trying to figure out? Well, um, one of my challenges would be um, the, the payment um, merchant, the, the gateway. Um, so I'm still researching what's best. Um, I really wanted to go with Stripe. Unfortunately, uh, it's not yet available here. So uh, I'll oh. be, yeah, that, that's uh, one main challenge. Um, oh. they, they have a program, uh, if you're from outside the U S, um, but I'm still trying to figure out if the cost would be, um, I mean, I can handle the cost. So, oh, that's challenging to, yeah, I feel like Stripe is kind of this default for yeah, <laughs> everyone, us included, but if they're not in the Philippines yet, then that is a problem. interesting yeah they, so it sounds like there isn't they have what they call a stripe atlas um where uh, you pay them so they can create like an llc or um, i'm not sure if it's an llc a company in the u.s on your behalf oh yeah so there's also um you can also use first base uh, yeah, firstbase.io, yeah, yeah, to incorporate in the U.S. And so I guess if you were incorporated in the U.S. and you took payments in U.S. dollars, could you, like, could you use Stripe? And then, like, would you still have a way to transfer them uh, 
I guess, yeah, you could probably just put them in a US, you need a US bank account, which I guess Stripe Atlas gives you. And then you just use TransferWise to get it out of your US bank account to yep. the Philippines. Yep. Which yeah. is well, one of those weird, like we're, we're dealing with this too. It's like dealing with exchange rate risk, <laughs> like this, which is normally something that, you know, only like large international <laughs> corporations who, who like do you deal with exchange rate risk, right? Yeah, like mm -hmm. it's like, no, like we're small businesses dealing with this. Yes. So yeah, I've looked at first base as well. Uh, I think they can also create a bank account for you, but yeah, um, I haven't um, dig, dug deeper on that yet. Yeah, that's that's complicated. <laughs> yeah, because it would so it be sounds a like bummer if I can't, I can't like uh, uh, I mean, I could put an an a call to action. Are you interested? But then I can like um, provide them the the payment service. So uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the other thing. If like, you know, sort of from a product perspective, like if it's ready, like, I mean, you could kind of do like a, a free trial period mm -hmm. for, you know, like just like have a sort of beta period basically and get a couple of people using it um, and, you know, getting feedback from them while you're dealing with all of the sort of administrative stuff to get the payment set up. And then you could, you know, get more feedback and... But, but not be sort of actively developing as you are now, which sounds like that's, you know, you're, you're using a um, sort of a whole new set of tools. And so that requires a lot of mental energy and all of the sort of administrative stuff also requires a lot of mental energy, <laughs> but in an entirely different way. And it, I'm wondering if it might, if you could kind of stagger those um, and use that as an opportunity to get more feedback and, and also, you know, build some like early, um, you know, uh, happy users who could, who could champion the product to the rest of the, uh, you know, creator community. Um, like may maybe that could work. Yeah. Yeah. I've thought about that. Um, having a beta first and, um, but yeah, right now I just really need to, um, work out on the, the, the um, development side. So I could have a product that can, I can um, offer as a beta. Yeah. So I, um, I, I'm curious, like, do you, is there anything that you were hoping to ask me that we haven't covered? Um, let me see. Um, So I signed up to your um, newsletter, but I haven't gotten to them yet about the customer uh, aspects stuff. So um, I might, I mean, if it's okay with you, I, I will, I would love to go deeper on that. Like, um, on the, cause uh, that's one of the topics you're really master with. So right now, um, yeah, I haven't um, read uh, a lot on, on it yet. That's okay. I've I've had a couple of people tell me that they are kind of like saving them and and would rather like read them as a PDF, like as a book. Yep. So, Which it makes sense to me, um, and that's kind of my 
a little bit of my thinking is it's like kind of writing a book, but if I tell myself I'm writing a book, it's going to feel overwhelming. (laughs) So so it's like, I'm just writing a blog. It's fine. It's whatever. Like it's not a big deal. And then I'll probably sort of slap them all together into a PDF and send that to people whenever I've gotten through this like burst of writing. Um, Like, cause I'm publishing two or three a week right now. And I think once I get everything sort of drained out of my head and onto paper um, that uh, I I won't be writing nearly as much. (laughs) So that totally, like, that totally makes sense to me. I think I, you're not the first person who has said like, you know, I'm saving them to read them all in one go. Okay. So, so while you were saying that, I actually thought of a question. So, um, mm-hmm. you and your husband are boot, boot, are bootstrapping your business, right? And you've been doing it for years. Um, um, any tips on time management? <laughs> it's one of oh my, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like challenges right now. Um, I only get like one to two hours a day. I wish I could do, do more. Uh, my two-year-old, um, um, they're all boys. I have three boys and it's just crazy. So yeah, any tips on time management? <laughs> we, we launched Geocodio when our daughter was four months old. Wow. So I, <laughs> I, I definitely sympathize with you um, on the time management thing. You know, I found that, you know, the thing about having a young child is that you, re- you really only have an hour or two to yourself a day. And so I found that that made me more motivated because I was like, okay, if I only have an hour to myself a day, like I need to get the most out of it. Um, and for me, that meant working on side projects. Now, I, I'm not going to say that everybody should do that or if that was necessarily like mentally healthy at all times. Um, but that, I mean, that definitely is a challenge and, and finding that space. And I think as long as it's something that you're excited about, that you enjoy looking forward to, I think um, you'll find the time for it. Um, but it's, it's, it's possible to start a business working on it an hour a day. Like it, we did it. I don't know if everybody, like it would work for everybody. And, and I'm, you know, I, I can only speak from my own experience. Right. Um, but you know, we, we did it. And it, I mean, it took a long time, like for that to become a full-time business. Like it was, it was three and a half years later that I went full-time. Like that was a long time and we had full-time jobs so we could be sort of patient with it. And not everybody is in that position of having um, a full-time job and being able to be patient with it. Um, I mean, something that did help is what we would trade off with each other. And so, you know, on Saturday mornings, I would take our daughter to an art class or something and then take her to the grocery store. So we were out of the house for three hours. So my husband could get some work done. And then, you know, in the afternoon he would, you know, they would go on these long trips to like get an ice cream at Ikea, which was an hour drive away. Like (laughs) just so that like I could have time (laughs) like to work, um, during the day. Um, I mean, it was definitely a balancing game and I, I don't, you know, it was not, um, I don't know if it was always easy or, or healthy. And I don't know if this answer is at all helpful for encouraging for you. <laughs> um, I mean, I think it's why I'm so like passionate about getting involved with things like earnest capital that help people go full-time faster mm-hmm. because it's like, it's, it's hard, like making that jump from 
having a, a side business to a full-time business is, is hard and finding the hours for it is hard and it's mentally and physically taxing. Um, I guess my, I guess my advice for you is that you're not the only one who finds it hard. And I don't know if that brings you any comfort at all. Um, but that it is normal to only be able to work on it an hour a day, but there are businesses that are, you know, quote unquote, real businesses that were, that were launched and run on an hour or two of work a day. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. So, yeah, um, I really need to, to have that focus. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be improving more of that. Um, especially now that I've started with my project already. So I need, I need more of that. Yeah. Sounds like you have a lot on your plate, so I will um, let you get back to it. Okay. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to you today. Thank you so much. It's, it's really been an honor to be on their podcast. Thank you. And so when it's launched, whether that's the, um, the beta or um, the full launch, definitely let us know and we'll happily share it out. And similarly, if anybody else listening is you're launching something or you've, you've already launched something like just like let us know and we're happy to you know retweet you and and help you get the word out um in our own small way so thanks so much for listening and um colleen will be back next week so we'll talk to you then huge thanks to all of our listeners who've become software socialites and support our show chris from chipper ci the daringly handsome kevin griffin and mike from gently used domains who has a nice personality Dave from Recut, Max of Online or Not, Stefan from Talk to Stefan, Brendan Andrade of Brightbits, Team Tuple, Alex Hillman from The Tiny MBA, Rami from Hovercode and Rocket Gems, Jane and Benedict from UserList, Kendall Morgan, Ruben Gomez of Signwell, Corey Haynes of Swipewell, Mike Wade of Crowd Sentry, Nate Ritter of Roomsteals, Anna Mast of SubscribeSense, Jeff Roberts from Outsetta, Justin Jackson, Megamaker, Jack Ellis and Paul Jarvis from Fathom Analytics, Matthew from Appointment Reminder, Andrew Culver at Bullet Train, John Coster, Alex of Corso Systems, Richard from Stunning, Josh the Annoyingly Pragmatic Founder, Ben from Consent Kit, John from Credo and Editor Ninja, Cam Sloan, Michael Copper of Nusi Proposals, Chris from URL Box, Callie of Toslet, Greg Park from Trait Lab, Adam from Rails Autoscale, Lana and Alex from Recapsi, Joe Mazzalotti of RailsDevs.com, Proud Mama from Applenet LLC, Anna from Cradle, Monsef from Ruby on Mac, Steve of Be Inclusive, Simon Bennett of Snapshooter Backups, Josh Smith of Keyhero.io, Jesper Christensen of Form Backend, Matthew of Work Cited, Chris of JetBoost.io, Daryl Shannon of Docomatic, Larabels, a community for Larabel developers underrepresented due to their gender, Brendan from Feederloop, Pascal from Sharpen.Page, Lynn Romick from Convini, Arvid Call, James Sowers from Castaway.fm, Jessica Malnick, Damian Moore of Audio Audit Podcast Checker, Eldon from Nodal Studios, Mitchell Davis from RecruitKit.